Hey everyone, welcome to Going in Circles Big Monday Show. It is July 26th. We are smack dab in the middle of the summer raising season with Del Mar kicking into full swing. Saratoga has already been there. Got a bunch of stakes this weekend coming up and uh, really some interesting matchups. There, uh, there was a little bit of controversy as usual this past weekend. We'll talk about that with... Our man, the sniper, Mr. Barry Spears, be here in just a minute. Um, Mr. Baffert's back. <laughs> Apparently he's going to make a, a trip east. Well, at least his horse is. I'm guessing that he's not going to come. But um, we'll talk about that and a, a whole bunch more in just a minute. See you in a second. Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at PleasantAcreStallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hello, Mr. Spears. Hey, what's going on, Mr. Simon, sir? Well, we got a lot going on this week. A lot going on. A lot happened. A lot going to happen. A lot of everything. Like uh, so, so busy week. We can't even cover everything. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to push back my mom the stewards screed till tomorrow's show. Uh oh. Going circles live just because we don't have enough time. All right. Well, I can dig it. I can dig it. I want to just start the show by saying that um, if you're a religious person in any way, shape, or form, we could use your prayers as a friend of ours, friend of the racing business, a guy who's grew up uh, in the racing business, is is fighting for his life, um, you know, literally fighting for his life. Uh, Mike Riccio, who is um, kind of the boss at South Point Sales, uh, consignment outfit at Lexington. Um, he has contracted um, saposis, which uh, is uh, basically a blood infection that uh, that's really nasty and, and uh, it's really knocked him for a loop. And he's uh, you know really struggling just to to stay with us. Um, you know, Mike's dad, uh, Bill Riccio, uh, operates owns and operates Linwood Farm, which has. Um, you know, he does early training, breaks, breaking, and then training. Doesn't do, you know, a lot of pin hooking or anything like that. Straight racehorse trainer. Uh, he has started off a lot of really famous horses. Uh, Songbird, Honor Code, Omaha Beach. Um, you know, j- just the list is, is, is a long, long list of, of great horses. Um, they're just good people. I mean, they're, they're just life, you know. Racetrack lifers, and um, you know anybody. Any the thoughts, the prayers for Mike. He's a he's a good guy. He's in his forties. I first met him at Churchill, 
uh, I had just started training and he was going to the University of Louisville in the, their racetrack management program. He got a job at Churchill kind of uh, running the horseman's lounge. Um, and, uh, you know, for as a summer job and just a, a great guy. And, and uh, you know, this just happens like, like in, overnight. Man, that's so, crazy. Unbelievable. Prayers so, you know, everybody is, uh, you know, everybody's really just, uh, you know, it's hard to believe. But um, anyways, we had some, uh, quite a bit of stake action this weekend. Um, next week actually looks like even more, but uh, a big upset in the coaching club American Oaks. Oh, yeah. Brought out the uh, brought out the, the the debates on Facebook. Since I'm not on Twitter, I didn't see it, or I didn't see all of it. It's really ludicrous that you're still banned from Twitter. I mean, we're going on what two months now? Yeah, yeah, yep. It's, it's, it's... two months on August seventh. Oh, so, yeah. There's always that. That's a whole you know, show. It was, it was interesting in that, I mean, it was only a four-horse race, and of course, there's a lot of hand-wringing about that, and um, obviously, Malathat was a huge favorite off of her, you know, victory in the Kentucky Oaks, and undefeated record. Um, but it's interesting that a lot of times in these races with the short field, uh, especially a race like this where there didn't seem to be any really confirmed front runners, strange things can happen and, and, uh, you know, trips matter a little bit more. And as it turns out, um, it just, I just have a hard time even like going back and looking at the PPs before saying, well, how, <laughs> how did this happen? And, and, and like, um, it just wasn't the, the manner in which I thought the race might be run. Uh, there was um, Brissettes that was in there, the three horse, the three filly, I can't even think of her name. Uh, she's been coming, you know, out of allowance races in Indiana. Uh, and their plan was to go to the lead, and she came out with an extension blinker on the right side. Uh, an extension blinker on the right side is generally put on a horse that has a hard time, um, you know, a hard time going straight. They, they generally try to get out. So with that run at Saratoga from the first, uh, from the starting gate in the mile and eighth race to the first turn, it's not very long. It's not very, it's, it's no. a pretty short run. Pretty so short. when, when I saw her come out with that, I was like, well, that's interesting. That, that might hamper her chances of getting to the lead. And then she kind of broke a little sluggishly and, and just never, she was never a factor at all. But, um, I mean, I wasn't shocked that Malafat was on the lead. I was just kind of surprised how fast they went. Um, well, I, I mean, my thought originally was when she drew the rail, she had to get out of the gate. There was no way that, you know, at least with what the speed showed on paper, there was no way that she wasn't going to be on the lead. Um, 
She had been on the lead before at Aqueduct back in the fall in a mile race. I mean, obviously not real fast fractions, but that was Aqueduct when it was was really deep. But I, I, I was just Barry, if you had asked me to put a, a, a an over under on the half time for the race, I'd have put forty eight and three. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's that would have probably been my guess. Not forty seven. <laughs> no, definitely not. But, um. You know, I I figured that she was capable of that 47, even if I didn't think that was going to happen. I still thought she was capable, even with the pressure in the short field. I I thought, you know, in my head that she could handle that. Um, Whether she'd win or not was another story. I was against her. I just thought she was overrated from the jump just because of her, you know, buying price and you know all that other stuff and she did win the the oaks but i wasn't that enamored with that win anyway it was okay i i think it was a little overrated um and now it, it turns out it may have been but it was just such a strange race you know it was one of those weird saratoga races where a bunch of strange things happened during the race where you know clarios you know took back then went to the outside and, and went to the lead to press. And, you know, it, it was just really, you know, it was like nobody had a plan. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it was really strange the way that that race was run. So I can, it, it was and how I mean, somebody Carlos, could give Carlos that Santana got a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Mark Kuja for, for taking back off of uh, what turned into be a little bit of a duel between um, Malfat and, and, and Clarier. Um, and I read on Clarier, it kind of seemed like he was riding it to beat Malfat, essentially kind of saying, hey, I think if I beat Malfat, I'm going to win the race. And because, I, I mean, I, obviously hindsight is is uh, 2020, but he probably, if he had to do it again, probably wouldn't have pressed her so hard in the third quarter after a pretty solid half mile, 47. Uh, he pressed another. I mean, they went 23 and change again. Um, and I'm not saying that, like, it probably was pretty sound thinking. I mean, you're thinking that the the three really just, uh, if she was going to have any chance in the race, she was going to steal it on the lead and she was, you know, last <laughs> so she wasn't even involved so essentially you're saying listen i'm gonna take my shot i'm gonna try to press now off that and um i mean as it turns his horse uh you know she she gave in first uh and, and i think santana did a great job of of maneuvering but i also want because right in the aftermath of the race there was kind of two lines of thought that were out there oh at mouth that's not that good and I was like, I mean, I understand what your logic is. She's clearly the leader in the division, but she doesn't win races by very far. No, I mean, she's winning no, by necks and head, and, you know, head, right? No, she's winning, but like she's not dominating. And and uh, you know, her her like her thoroughbred figures, they're a little bit faster than everybody else, but they're not like extraordinarily fast. So, I mean, I'm not. I thought she ran a good race in defeat. I mean, I don't think she really. I think she wants to run. With a target, I think that uh, you know the the fractions were really solid, and uh, you know I think she didn't 
I think people sometimes overrate horses because they're quote unquote undefeated. Um, but uh, <laughs> well, just think about it. I mean, look at how many times in and I I believe I was still on Twitter at that point. Uh, after she won the Oaks, they're like, "Oh, well, let's let they should bring that horse to the Belmont." Yeah, that was a little like, bit males. I was like, "What are you nuts?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't understand that, and and that's it's so it's so funny that everybody wants to run, um, the girls against the the males, like all these horses are campaigned so aggressively, and they have nothing left to prove. I mean, I mean we're halfway more than halfway through the year here. We're, we're almost in the eighth month, and uh, outside of Latrushka, <laughs> I mean, who runs a lot, <laughs> you know, and um. I mean, Malathat hadn't run since uh, May, and and before that had run once in April. So it's not like she's done a lot. Of, you know, she's dominated her division or anything. And I mean, I just thought that Santana rode a really smart race, but but the filly he rode on Saturday wasn't the same filly in her previous races. I mean, she moved up a tremendous amount. I mean, she improved a lot because not only did she, you know, prop the pace in the first turn back off angled out. He wasn't three wide on the turn. He was four wide. He was about another horse path or, or, or almost a path and a half outside of Clarier. So a mile and an eighth, two turn race off of a layoff where, where you, you know, show early speed and then re rally and then go four wide in the turn and then run down mouth that, I don't know where that race came from, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, obviously they're, they're both pointing to the Alabama, um, crazy, beautiful, I guess is, is going to try to get there. They were get our quarantine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not expecting a real big field to be honest with you. You know, maybe army wife tries them again. Um, I don't really know. I think search party is, is cutting back to run and test. So, uh, I mean, I think they're nice. I think it's a solid group of Phillies. I don't think there's anyone that, uh, you know, I don't, well, I don't think there's any superstars. I, and if it was my horses, I wouldn't be hunting any males of them. <laughs> no. Well, the you know, I, I think that race actually kind of summarized what the divisions look like. I mean, they're, they're all close. They're all similar. Even, even with Malathad, I mean, they're not that far apart, like you were saying before. So finishes like that and races like that will probably be commonplace. You know, like you see them all beating each other <laughs> at, at some point, you know. Um, but I like that in the division. They're not the greatest, you know, they're not the fastest Phillies we've ever seen. But they're very competitive and they're very close. Right. So that, that that's always pretty good, especially coming down towards the end of the year. You know, Breeders' Cup time, you know, everybody's got, you know, like a, a good race under their belt where they beat the other one. Um, I, I think that's what it's going to look like. And that's a good thing. I like that. Speaking of uh, older fillies, um, the Chuvi was yesterday. I don't know. The, the, the Chuvi won the Jockey Club Gold Cup twice. twice. Yeah. yeah. When it was run at two miles. Um 
it was a pretty competitive race. I mean, it actually turned out to be good a good race. I mean, the coaching club turned out to be an exciting race uh, from a, a you know a viewing standpoint, uh, especially considering it was a it was essentially a three horse race uh, <laughs> past the half mile pole. Uh, but, but yesterday's race, the Shugi was a really good race too, and uh, Royal Flag I thought ran ran really well to kind of you know swoop the field and um, you know run down. A horticulturist who, who who set fast fractions as well. I mean, she set similar fractions um, that Malathat had set there, you know, the day before. And I, and I know, you know, it's not the exact same track, but uh, it, it wasn't like she got an easy lead. But um, I thought Royal Flag really did a, uh, you know, ran maybe her best race. And, and she's got a series of good races. And, and Dunbar Road, I think, I think there's really... You know, I was against her last time, uh, and I don't remember why. <laughs> but I remember, I can't, honestly, I don't remember why. But um, th- there was a Churchill, and I think on the Derby undercard, and, or the Oaks undercard, she just kind of ran flat. And she kind of did the same thing yesterday. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that her two, and she had a clunk, she'd throw a clunker in every once in a while before, which always led me to believe that maybe she bled. You know, maybe she was a horse that bled, and uh, her two non-lasic stakes are just abysmal. Yeah, they're not. They're they're not good. I mean, she kind of made a a little bit of a move into into the fast pace yesterday, and then just kind of hung. I mean, she didn't really have much kick in the end. No similar to the Kentucky race. So, I mean, I I don't know what their plans on you know are from here on in, but um, you know, it's 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 one of those quandaries that that we hadn't had to deal with. Um, you know, as trainers and you know, connections owners, when um, you know when Lasix was available, it just this is one of these things. Now, all right, you have this filly; she's kind of an established Grade One, Grade two, two type of horse. The Breeders' Cups in California. There's no Lasix for the Breeders' Cup. Um, you know, what do you do? Like, do you start pointing towards races in other jurisdictions? that have Lasix and that, and listen, uh, I didn't hear any word that she has bled. I'm just saying that her two <clears throat> non Lasix races were not as good and were not as pronounced, you know, pronouncedly good as, as her previous ones on Lasix. So, uh, I mean, that's a question that's all of a sudden, and, and we'll talk about the whole Lasix issue a little bit later, but um, I mean, with modern white girl, kind of status and question Swiss skydiver um, you know for all her, her her rock solid campaign last year she hasn't hardly run this year and I know she's in quarantine and she would have been in this race but um, you know she's sitting on what two races this year so uh, I mean the division you know Brad Cox has got um, the, the trio I think of, of nice you know older but they're all coming off of bad races so it's kind of a wide open group outside of Latrushka who keeps kind of, you know, kind of keeps on trucking. But um, what, do, what do you I mean, like? What do you think is the leader in the division uh, be, beyond Latrushka, obviously? Oof, that's tough. <laughs> um, and I think it's Royal almost... Flag? Maybe. I mean, the, the one problem that Royal Flag has is that 
she's a little bit pace dependent. And and if Latrushka gets in a race and she goes forty eight and three to the half, uh, you know, she's probably not gonna catch her. But um I mean I thought I was really impressed with the race yesterday. I, I really thought and I know that you know the, the, the dynamics of the race kinda set up for a little bit, but there haven't exactly been a whole lot of horses closing from way back at Saratoga on the dirt. And, uh, and I know yesterday also was a, a muddy, sloppy track early. It, it dried out, but I don't know. It's kind of, to me, it, it's a... It's it's really it's a, a firing line behind them, you know, behind Latruska. I mean, and it's it, it's it's crazy because we talk about this all the time when horses just don't run enough, and they, they don't. Um, because we could have basically like a, you know, number two, behind Latruska if, if horses ran a little more often, but it's hard to tell because, you know, they've run against each other and that's pretty much about it. And it's hard to dis- disseminate between, you know, to really kind of get a pecking order um, when they run once every two months. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's the, the, you know, one of the issues with, with modern racing schedules. I mean, just they just don't run them that much. Uh, the caress, which was held on uh, Saturday, <laughs> probably be remembered more for the uh, the six horse Jakarta, <laughs> who was uh, inadvertently scratched. Um, which is kind of a a new uh, kind of a new a new phrase, you know, the inadvertent scratch. <laughs> The old oh. mistake. <laughs> Mistakenly scratched. So she was briefly scratched, and then she was allowed to run for purse money only, which, um, I mean, people have to understand that, yeah, it's a real pain in the ass for betters, and, and, and it's tough because if you're not, if you're at a simulcast facility, right, well, you're probably not hearing all the announcements. Um, you know, they, they had it uh, on the screen on the bottom, but if you just pick up your 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 go on your your ADW on your phone and, and you go to that race, she she listed as scratched. So you might handicap the race and not consider that you know she's in the race and she's actually in the race. So you know the purse money only is difficult when there's like a late scratch and part of an entry, but everybody knows that. No. You know, I mean, that's kind of like a last-minute thing, right? It's usually not. Uh, it just is 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 not usually done early, where the whole day the horse is scratched, even though it's still running. <laughs> um, Carvel actually ran really well, and uh, for, yeah, for Liz Merriman, who who not only owned and trained her, she bred her. Uh, she sold a majority share to Bobby Flay, ran in Bobby Flay Silks uh, on Saturday, and will be transferred to Grand Motion. Uh, I guess Liz is still going to own a piece of the horse. And, you know, it's uh, funny because I remember um, remember horse Keeper Hill? Oh, yeah. Frankel trained her. Shug owned a piece of that horse. Really? Yep, Shug trained the horse in the East Coast. He sent her to, they sent her out west. And I don't know how much Shug owned, but he, he owned a piece of the horse. And Frankel did so well with her that when they brought her back east, 
<laughs> he let Franco continue to train her. And I remember there was some question mark as to um, is it legal for one trainer to train for another? Um, and they never really did anything. So I guess <laughs> it is. It's okay. I, but I just don't think they can run a horse against their own horse. Something like that. But, but Carabelle ran really good. I mean, she's she's a she's a pretty good horse. I mean, you know, again, another horse that I thought was a little more hyped up was was Robin Sparkles. Um, she's run good, but it was really under optimal conditions every time, and uh, she didn't have a horse that could finish like Caravel until Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I thought Caravelle ran ran nicely, and uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them point for the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. I hope they do. I like that horse. Yeah, it's pretty nice horse. Um, the Eddie Reed was Saturday. Hmm. United got back on uh, back on uh, on the, the board and on top. Outrun smooth like straight. Tell you what, if if United's ever going to win a Breeders' Cup race, it might as well be a Del Mar. Horse likes Del Mar, I think. I know, I know, we're a long ways away, but I'm fading all the American horses again. You have to. I mean, <laughs> I haven't. I have really haven't seen a Euro come over here and not run well. Even the one the other day on Saturday, I think it was. Uh, what's the name? The horse ran one time on synthetic. Oh, the maiden and the, yeah, the ego. Brendan trip. Walsh horse from the yes. outside that broke a little slow and was was much the best. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just that got horse had bad luck. Inside post position, he, he he just totally lost position going into the first turn. Yeah, I guess the horse that came out of a really highly rated race, the winner of the race, um, is rated like a hundred and eight time form over there already. Um, so, I mean, obviously the price will be even lower next time. But, I mean, the Europeans have come over this year, and they've sent good horses. It's not like they're sending the, the, the C-string, but um, they've just taken our horses apart. And I don't see a lot of good. I mean, we've talked about this so many times. Like, I don't see a lot of good older American horses on the grass. Uh, domestic spending's a nice horse, no doubt. But he's a little pace-dependent, too, Um and it just the, the there just doesn't seem to be. I mean, I I don't like smooth like straight. I don't even know if smooth like straight really wants to go that far. And well, United had, had to really. I mean, it wasn't like he he didn't exactly gallop. I mean, he won the race, but um, you know the fractions were slow, and I don't know. I, I'm just uh, well. I mean, I I have an East Coast bias when it comes to turf racing in general um they for the past few years the east coast horses have been much better than the west coast horses um so you add that and then you know obviously the euro is coming over the real east coast (laughs) right exactly the east coast of great britain (laughs) (laughs) and and they just dump anybody out here i mean like like i was saying before order australia like be hard pressed to see that horse win another G one. Uh, you know, uh, oh yeah, until, until, until he comes over here at Goodwood. Yeah, and comes over here and 
kind of dominated. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that Charlie Appleby sending another contingent over. Um, I guess he's going to have one for the Saratoga Derby and uh, a couple of the other races. So I think oh, I think old Charlie's figured out, <laughs> figured out that uh, it's easy money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not just winning the races; he's running one, two in all the races. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're coming over again, and I think that that's going to be a thing. And um, well, yeah, until we get some better horses running on the turf. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's no, no, nobody's scary. I mean, it, it just is not been a strong run for American turf horse. The Phillies have been good, um, I, and that's one of the things I was talking uh, a couple of weeks ago. This is about Chad Brown. I said, listen, um, yes, yeah, Chad Brown has not winning, been winning at the rate he usually wins at, uh, but and and someone was pointing about the stake races. I said, you know, there are no Lasix. I said. The guy retired like seven grade one Phillies last year, right? <laughs> like, you don't just replicate those like bang, bang, bang. I mean, he's come not on. Duke. Like, he's not Duke. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's close though. It, it's tough to to. I mean, the the Phillies that he has in the barn now. I mean, obviously every trainer in America would like to have them, but they don't really. You know, they they don't have the credentials <clears throat> that the ones that have, have gone. You know, have retired did and. It's tough to have. I mean, for a while, it seemed like he won every single turf stake on, you know, for Phillies, no matter where it was. And it, it, that's hard to, you know, it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep. It's hard to get that many good ones at the same time and get them all peaking. And I mean, that's that's this. I don't know. It's a, it's a, a roundabout way of saying, yeah, the Euros are probably going to continue to kick our ass. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and. Um, We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about everyone's favorite topics: Lasix and Baffert. Back in a minute. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free: the Going in Circles Digest. It's a, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, we have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, and various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week, we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which uh, unfortunately was the the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and check it out. All right, the Going in Circles Digest. Thanks for listening. All right, we are back, and we're going to talk about, as we said prior to the break, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite subjects, Lasix and, and, and Baffert. What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Baffert first or Lasix first? Yeah, we're going to talk about Big Bobby from the Burbs. So the word came down today that Mr. Baffert is planning on running Gamine in the Ballerina, which is one of the few grade one stakes 
uh, for Philly sprinters left outside of the Breeders' Cup. And I don't know if there's another one. Um, the Ballerina is, of course, in Saratoga. Uh, the only reason this is going to be possible is because Mr. Baffert got an injunction because the judge felt that Naira hadn't uh, established a, a, a due process procedure that would have allowed him to have a hearing of sorts and then they could suspend him. <laughs> um, so Naira is actually claimed that they are in the process of, of establishing those procedures. And <clears throat> I think the best example of a person that would probably not be someone that you would want racing in your program would be Mr. Vitali who ran the other day. And my question, and I, and I know, listen, people sometimes in racing, a lot of times in racing, they blame the wrong people. It's not Naira's problem. Naira didn't do this. Naira didn't license him. The New York State Racing and Gaming Commission, I have no idea why they would license Marcus Vitali. He has plenty on his record <laughs> to get denied. Plenty. West Virginia denied him a license. Just the fact that West Virginia denied him a license is usually enough to get another state to deny you a license as well. And the fact of the matter is that he's had so many issues, it's, it's like it's like ludicrous. Um, but because of the injunction that Baffert got, they kind of allowed a loophole to let a guy like Battalion race. And Naira... Um, you know, kind of their hands are tied a little bit because the state went ahead and licensed the guy who probably shouldn't have a license. And we certainly don't need the uh, the television personalities, you know, oh, saying boy. he's a very, very good trainer. Come on, man. Do your do your homework. Come on. <sighs> yeah, well, you know, I, I think <laughs> With that one, I think it was just one of those situations where they're just used to saying things. And a lot of times those guys don't think before they speak and they just ramble on for days. And that's what came out. Yeah, you know what happens when you do that in mainstream sports? They replace you. <laughs> yeah, you get replaced. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so Baffert... I mean, this has all the makings of a circus. You know, That's like Baffert can operate in California a lot. I mean, he's a California guy. He's been out there. He's got a lot of support there. I mean, yes, there's some detractors, but he's got a lot more support there than anywhere else. I'm guessing he's not going to show up here. I, I wouldn't. If I were him, I would not. Um, because. Oh, man, the people throw things at him. I think Barshu is going to wind up selling a lot of those Baffert t-shirts. Um, <clears throat> this is number one seller. And the irony is that sometimes it, it almost like sometimes the bad news, you know, the kind of kind of the publicity of, of the, the Philly. And of course, she's one that had has had two positives and she's a really, you know, extremely Beckless Philly. I mean, she's probably, if you take her, her races at face value, she's probably one of the best, four, three or four or five best ter, uh, 
in terms of Philly sprinters I've ever seen. I mean, she's that good. So it'll be interesting. But, uh, you know, Naira is working on these procedures. And once that happens, it'll be interesting to see how aggressive they are. And if they, um, I was going to say, if, if it's not, it doesn't look like Kentucky is going to come out with a ruling anytime soon. And I'll be honest, I have no idea what the hell is going on with Medina Spirits issues. I mean, we, we saw last week the, the racing board in Kentucky was going to sue the, the I mean, it, it's just a, that thing is just a debacle at this point. But um, it'll be interesting to see how aggressive Naira is once they get their ducks in a row and they have a hearing process. So people like Baffert and, um, and let me just say this, Vitaly is way worse than Baffert. Okay. I mean, Baffert isn't sitting on a year suspension from a racing commission for, for, uh, (laughs) running, running, you know, (laughs) evading, um, investigators like it like it was like the Delaware Park backstretch version of cops right I mean it reminds me like every time I hear that story the the Benny Hill yeah exactly comes in my head but um I think it'll be interesting to see um you know how, how aggressive Naira is and I mean the tracks need the ability to uh you know to to clean up. I mean, there's this, this is 2021, man. You know, business as usual isn't good enough. It's just not good enough. I mean, honestly, we, we was controversy yet last yesterday, last night, uh, after, um, after Mr. Serling said some, some things about his arch nemesis, Mr. Noda, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, of course, first time Noda just runs off the screen giant move up and he makes his feelings known and I think that a lot of people are, are would question the that individual I, I honestly I don't have a uh, a real strong opinion one way or another um, I could certainly be convinced probably but My question about that race was, why did Irad need to hit that horse 12 times in the stretch, man? Yeah, he did that, uh, I think it was on an off-the-turf race. Or, yeah, it was the uh, Amos horse that ran away. And I was questioning, you know, what the, was he doing? I mean, the horse had a clear seven-length lead, and he was going to the left. Yeah, I mean, come on. Vigorously. I was wondering what, what that was about. I don't know, but that that's something that he should be talked about too. You know, there's no point, and and I mean, yesterday's situation. You're talking about a seven year old horse, okay? It's not some green horse that was lugging in or something. And that horse got a lugged in, lugged out, did a did a three sixty at the eighth pole, and, and and still won the race. I mean, that race was over at the quarter pole. So, I mean, it's just we have to be a little more aware of. You know, the most eyes in the country are on Saratoga and the races. <clears throat> Matter of fact, there's probably more people watching races on the weekend in Saratoga than uh, outside of the, you know, Triple Crown events and the Breeders' Cup, any other normal race cards in, in 
you know, the the whole you know, these are our most watched race, so I mean, you know how I feel about the, 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 the no whip situation, but uh, it just feels like a little excessive that over 12 times it wins by 10 lengths. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that goes without saying. So there was a horse, Bill Mott's Carmel Swirl, that won on Saturday. Carmel Swirl raced in New York as a two-year-old. Was obviously no Lasix in New York for two-year-olds. Came down to Florida, was placed on Lasix in Florida. Um, ran well, broke his maiden for her maiden or whatever. Um, ran in Kentucky in a stake, I think, in the Pat Day Mile, and. You know, finished mid-back. Didn't really do much running off of Lasix because um, no Lasix in the stakes. The horse had been running in, in maidens and allowances. So, was off Lasix. Now, runs at Saratoga in an allowance race back on Lasix. And went off even money. So, it's not like this horse was uh, some long shot. Uh, and the horse won and, and looked good doing it. And... Someone brought up the fact that he felt that better should know if that horse had bled last time in Kentucky off of Lasix. And my my reply was, it would be great to know that, uh, paraphrasing here, but it's going to be pretty difficult to find that information out because uh, connections aren't going to be forthcoming with that information. They're not going to volunteer it very often. Some people will. Some people, if you ask them after the race, especially for stake horses, um, you know, did your horse bleed? Some of the people will, some of the people won't. But my, my contention is that it's very difficult to come up with a plan where we know for certain if a horse bled or not after a race, um, it would be a big undertaking to find that out because if you're going to rely on the honor system, I don't want those. I don't need those, uh, those records. Okay. Those are going to be, you know, I, I'm just. How do I say this without saying it? Um, <laughs> if we if we rely on the honor system, then I, I don't believe the results. Okay, there's going to be uh, not a hundred percent inaccurate, but there's going to be a lot of inaccuracies. And and the one thing about bleeding is it bleeding is like it's not like you broke your arm. You know, you broke your arm, you broke your your left arm, your right arm. You know, there's there's certain degrees. A horse, uh, if if it you're looking at a, a five level system with five out of five being, you know, hemorrhage out of the horse's nose, blood everywhere, and one out of the five being a little trace in the trachea. You know, there's certainly degrees to bleeding. Uh, bleeding has always been since the inception of Lasix, the little the little spot in the trachea. 
that counts. So just the word bleeding itself is, is you know, there, there's a huge difference in degrees of, of how bad or how severe or serious it is. So that in itself is an issue. I mean, there's some cases where, um, you know, a horse that bleeds one out of, out of five, it really rarely would be considered, you know, terribly serious or if even have a whole uh, lot of effect in a race. A horse that bleeds five out of five would be considered extremely serious and would almost certainly have a, a, an effect in a race. So you have that to, to um, <clears throat> you have that, uh, you know, mountain to climb in that you're going to rely on uh, an opinion, basically. Everybody can tell you to one, everybody can tell you to five. You know, one vet's two, three, four might be different than another vet's two, three, four. So you have that issue. The second issue is, uh, all right, you have a race card like Saratoga. And we're going to get to a point, some point, where all horses are off Lasix because that's part of the HISA bill. It's a law, it's a federal law, no <coughs> race day medication. And there have, you know, we, we haven't heard yet how they plan on phasing it out. And it's not easy to phase out because unless you just go cold turkey and say, okay, starting January 1st, 2024, there will be no more Lasix period. No one can have it. None. I don't know how else you're going to be able to do it because if you say, all right, starting with the two-year-olds of 2023, um, they won't be allowed to have Lasix as three-year-olds or older. So, okay, that's fine. So, in 2024, when those three, two-year-olds turn three, if you're still allowing Lasix for the four and up horses, what are you going to do when the three-year-olds race against the four and up horses? Yeah. Are you going to have one group of horses race without Lasix and one with Lasix? Or are you going to say, well... If a three-year-old's in a race and nobody can be on Lasix, so when a guy enters his horse, he's not sure if the horse is on Lasix or not on Lasix. It's, it's just, um, it's going to be complicated. And, and honestly, I don't see how you can do it without just saying at some point, we're just got to go cold turkey. And, and, and horses that can't survive without it, they're just not going to be able to run anymore. And uh, there's going to be a lot of them. Do it a, lot more, a lot more than people think. Isn't that how they do it in Australia? They're just like, either you got it or you don't. No, there's no Lasix in Australia. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, the, well, not Australian horse, but like the Euros. Oh, they didn't use Lasix in Europe. No, they sent them over here and they bleed. Um, and honestly, it might wind up leading to fewer horses being sent over here. Not the top horses. The top level grade one horses are going to come over here and raid our stakes and go back. But it might wind up with less horses coming over because they're not going to be able to come over to get put on Lasix. And a significant portion of horses that are imported from Europe especially are brought over here um, for firm turf and for Lasix. And, uh, you know, you're taking away one of the two, so. And and listen, I, I think I would love to know that information. I just don't know how to go about it. I just don't know how to go about it um, without spending tremendous amounts of money. You think about Saratoga. Would they have 115 horses run the other day, right? Yep. Are you going to get 115 scopes? 
That's a lot. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that's a lot. You're going to have to hire vets that that's all they do. Um, and then you're going to have to record it. And then you're going to have to, you know, have, have a, a staff to, um, you know, input the numbers. And, 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 and it's, it's just, it's a really big undertaking. And, and I hate to tell people this, but racetracks are not in the business of spending more money. They're, they're in the business these days of spending less money. And that's not something that you're, you're going to see. You're not going to see that as the headline of the DRF or the blowers. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, the racetracks are, are not trying to spend more. They're trying to spend less. Um, well, that's why this rule or this, this way of thinking is real detrimental because it was never set up that way. So now you got to start over with a plan, put the plan in place, implement it, make sure it runs smoothly, you know, get all the kinks out. And it it, it takes years to get it right, you know, and, and, and honestly, (laughs) this sport doesn't have the time to to be messing around with that. Well, when there's so many more other issues that are, I guess, I mean, I don't want to say more important, but but I guess they are more important, you know? Hey, listen, remember what Santa Anita led this, this spring when they ran one of the races, Santa Anita Derby, or one of, I can't, I think it was the Santa Anita Derby, where like three or four of the horses just got beat 25, 35 lengths, like kind of ease, you know? Yeah. And I, and, and I remember saying, how many of those horses have bled? Like, I would love to know, uh, you know, but I don't know that the people will be forthcoming. Why so, would? I mean, there's no incentive for them to to disclose that information. A, because they don't have to. It's not like a well, some mandate or something they need to do. And then secondly, you know, it'll it'll affect their breeding yeah. aspirations down the road. So it's like, you know, I understand the premise and, and everybody would want to know that information, but without them, you know, having their arm twisted in order to have to give up that information, you're not going to get it. That's just a pipe dream. <laughs> you know, people aren't going to say that willingly. And if, if an owner says it, then, you know, good on them. But, you know, hopefully they understand the ramifications down the road where people won't you know, may think twice about bringing to their horse for whatever reason, because the horse bled. So that's going to happen. That, that's definitely going to happen. Pretty much where it stands. Uh, if you want, if you want to like compare it to another, um, uh, an, another area where, where horses are, uh, you know, you know, you have to report something about the physical nature of a horse. Just think about the gelding situation, how screwed <laughs> up that is. And honestly, I feel a lot more comfortable telling you that I can tell you if a horse has been gelded or not <laughs> than if they have bled or not. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I remember seeing in the racing form when they started reporting it. It was, it was they had one in there that was the day before the race. Yeah, it, exactly. it was possible. Right, and all that was was that was the day it was reported. Right, it was the day it was reported. Right, it was probably done you know six weeks before, but and and that's. And that's the thing. Outside of hiring a person or people or a staff to physically go around and scope these horses, um, I, I just, you know, I, I know that Goldstream did it a couple of years ago. Um, the Jockey Club and, and Zayat, 
I don't know if Zion paid for it, but um, <laughs> he was supposed to have. Uh, they did a study on two-year-olds, and uh, they had uh, the voluntary no Lasix races, and they had the Lasix races, and they scoped every single two-year-old that ran here in the summer meet. And that was a big, uh, I mean, it wasn't easy to get that done, to get all those horses scoped. And, and you're talking maybe two or three races a day. Sometimes, you know, four or five horses in a race, six horses. And, like, if you, you try to do 12 races, you're, yeah. you're doing that all day long. So, That's, yeah. Now, I, I think that it's important that we get accurate information more than, honestly, I'd rather not have the information than have inaccurate information out there because that's really not, you know, <sighs> believe me, there, there's so many things. I, I have a real issue with the surgeries. I think if a horse has a surgery done at a clinic, <coughs> that it should be disclosed and, and it, it should be, um, there should be some sort of, of way, clearinghouse um, or something that denotes that between starts. Uh, and I'm not talking about stuff done as yearlings, you know, like where they do the, they, you know, on, on the babies. I'm talking about once a horse is actually, you know, racing career is commenced. Because throat surgeries especially, um, and then, and listen, throat surgeries work on some, they don't work, it's like everything else, right? Some stuff works great, some stuff doesn't work so great. Some stuff works on the horse. Uh, one particular horse doesn't work on another horse, but you know, a horse stops in a race, has a little bit of a layoff, comes back, and then you know, runs off and goes wire to wire, and had a throat surgery in between. I mean, that's that's critical information to know. <laughs> it's you <laughs> again. It, it's it's a point of. Um, I can already hear the excuses. The trainer's going to say, "Oh, well, the horse was, you know, they sent I sent him to the farm. I don't know what they did with him at the farm." <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but I, I think that would be actually more valuable than than knowing if a horse bled or not. Um, and and this gets back to like something you and I have talked about, you know, on coverage of races, and that I don't think we get nearly enough information that doesn't come off the same. DRF or Brisnet or Cheats or, you know, whatever a handicapping tool you use that, that the people on the show are using. I mean, I'd like to hear something that I can't find out myself. You know, I think that information is is important. And sometimes... Um, yeah, but it has to be solid. It can't be just BS. Like, I, I've heard people on certain networks just ramble about things or people they know and my well, no, not, no, no, I don't, I don't care about someone's opinion. I don't care. No, oh, they, they, but they pass it off as, as some it. solid information. No, right. Well, that, they're just bullshit. Right. I, I want to hear when a trainer doesn't like his horse. Tell me when he says, you know, he hasn't trained that great, but hey, there's no other spots. Or, 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 you know, why did you try your horse on the turf? Well, I tried him on the turf because I entered on the <laughs> dirt 15 times and the race never went. So, you know, we'd like to actually race our racehorse. That's information I could use. Um, I'd like to, you know, when a horse stops in a race, like I said, what what's going, you know, how, how come this horse had a layoff? Oh, he had a chip taken out of his knee. Okay. I mean, like, give me something, uh, you know, 
horse has a you'll see a consistent horse right they'll run uh same race same race same race same race then they'll run a, a clunker and they'll get they'll be seventh by 22 lengths and then they'll come back and run good again yeah my question is what happened that day was he <laughs> sick did he throw a shoe did he get a quarter crack did you know like did he hit his head in the gate give me something i mean that that's the thing i, I think that um there's so much information we don't have i mean there's an endless amount of information and a, and a lot of it i think you know people were like well we want the vet records i'm like come on man <laughs> you, you're not going to be able to really I, honestly though i mean you're, you're not going to be able to the vet records because trust me if the vet records are made public the stuff that they don't want you to know is not going to be put in the vet records <laughs> well i mean who really has enough time to to pour over that kind of stuff for each no. horse every race it, it's 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 ridiculous there's no way well, New York does the you know the last forty eight hours or whatever, and you right. see what the horses, it's all the same. It's all the same crap, right? Uh, they get fluids, they get Adequan, they might get a, a immune builder, you might get a you know like a shot of bute or some fluids. It's all the same stuff. I mean, it's not you know skull and crossbones bottle. <laughs> hey, what was that? <laughs> this was the 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 you know the grapefruit juice. You know, I mean. It's just, <laughs> It's 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 just not. Pertinent. It's absurd to think about, and and the pipe dreams that people have with that kind of information. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could help, but again, like like you're saying, it's it's, it's just you're at mercy of the information given to you, exactly. and if it's terrible or not even close to, you know, the the reality of the situation, then it's useless. It, listen, it's it's why Hong Kong is great. Hong Kong is great, but it cannot be duplicated somewhere else. You know, Hong Kong is two cards a week for three yeah. Hong Kong's like year. the bubble, like like the NBA they're, bubble. They're in the in the bubble exactly, and it's it's a, it's it's a definite. I mean, it, it's a you know there is no bloodstock market in Hong. Kong. Most of the horses are geldings, anyways. Um, owners are only allowed to own a handful of horses. Uh, there are no super trainers. It's it's just a, a separate. It's it's done completely different. It, it, it's kind of a, um, you know, like if I was going to set up a racing system, this is how I would do it. The problem is that you can't set that up in this country, right? Not extreme. You got to start at the beginning. <laughs> no, and you know the vets all work for the racing commission or the racing of the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Uh, therefore, no one does a lot of that work because, you know, um, plus the horses are all, all have to qualify. And it's just a different <laughs> world. But, you know, the great thing about it is that um, a lot of these unknowns that we have, they're, they're they're known there. I just don't think that there's a way to set it up here. I just don't think there is. And, um, you know, and we also have to remember that <coughs> we're talking about this, right? Everybody's thinking about Saratoga and Del Mar. Huh. They're not thinking about the B level tracks or the C level tracks, right? I mean, how are you going to do it? Right. Who's, who's thinking about Belterra in this whole scheme? The Belterras, I would say that probably fifteen percent of the horses get scoped after the race. Maybe fifteen percent. So people don't even know if they're bleeding. I don't even want to know <laughs> those cheap horses 
Right. That's just another bill that they can't afford. Exactly. So that's the thing is that, um, you know, where do we draw the line? Where do we say, well, you know, I don't know. This isn't this isn't like the NFL, you know, where even the weakest franchise is still a powerful franchise. I mean, it just is uh, it's difficult. And and yes, to get back to the original point, uh, you you see a horse like um, uh, Joey Olympica, who was transferred from California to Woodbine from Richard Mandela to Josie Carroll because she bleeds and she needs Lasix and she can run on Lasix in the stakes at Woodbine and she can't run on the state on Lasix in this, in uh, uh, California or New York or the bigger, you know, Kentucky. And maybe she was just the best horse there the other day. Maybe she just had a little bit of a class advantage up in the Nassau stake uh, at Woodbine, but back on Lasix and, you know, Success. Money. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of the anti LASIK people, they were just so eager to pass this anti LASIK stuff that they didn't consider all the ramifications and all of the issues created. And they're there. And now we're left to try to sift through them. And I don't know, man. I've been thinking about this stuff for pretty much my whole life. I'm sure I got a lot more expertise than 95% of the people going to be on this HISA board. And to be honest, there's, it's tough. I I don't have all the answers either. I would hope that they would try to find people um, outside of just the little group of people that they usually go to for these things. (laughs) Try to get some, some, you know, broader based opinions and ideas, Uh, you know, but, it's it's a you know there's there's going to be issues and I mean in the end the, the guy betting the races he's the one guy that doesn't have an organization to go to that, that that's going to represent him um, and that sucks but unfortunately that's the way it is oh so well let's look ahead to some more positive things okay 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 um, Wednesday. We have a rare graded stake on Wednesday, the Honorable Miss at Saratoga. We have uh, Bells the One, will probably be the favorite for the the great Neil Pesson. Uh, I think there's a New York bred stake on the undercard. Looks like a decent, decent card. Um, obviously, this time of the year at Saratoga, uh, rain is going to be a, a big factor. A factor. In, in, uh, why does it seem like it rains more up there in August than it does here all year in Florida? Well, I don't know because it's in Saratoga, I'm not Florida. I mean, Del Mar it rained today. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like we don't really take that many cards off the grass. It's different, different climate. That's all. Different climate. Um. Friday, the Curlin Stakes, which is actually a pretty decent rendition. Good race. Mm. They've had some real clunkers in the Curlin, which is, uh, which I I didn't, 
when first captain won the withers i i said well shit <coughs> got to run into jim dandy right because he's <laughs> yeah. a stakes winner and i always thought that the curling was restricted to non-stake winners but it's non-stake winners at a mile or over or over a mile not at a mile over a mile so the withers was a mile so he qualifies for the curling even though he has won a great stake because that was at a mile um and this will be a, 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 a bit of an acid test in that he really hasn't run that fast. He really hasn't beat, you know, good fields. Um, he's had to work to do it. He's not uh, a horse. I mean, a little bit like Malifat, right? He gets the job done, but he rarely looks like he's dominating. Uh, I mean, a second race, he had to kind of come back to win the race. Um and in this last in the withers, he the last hundred yards or so, he, he kind of you know put a little separation between him and the field, but it wasn't really a great field. And um you know, about the three sixteenth pole was like, you know <laughs> he's not blowing by him here and, and he did kick in and he should be better going two turns. Um, you know, it's by curling, he's he's got a great pedigree and uh, but, you know, there's some pretty good horses in there. Collaborate, who kind of was rushed off of that mile win at Goldstream, where he just dominated a maiden special, and they put him right in the Florida Derby. Uh, then they cut him back to six and a half. He got beat. Then he just won an allowance race going a mile, where he was just, you know, tons the best. But, uh, you know, he's 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 got some ability and uh, dynamic. I just really like picking him as a, my third derby. <laughs> And he Whoa. just couldn't—he couldn't handle that weight and just didn't run at all. But uh, <laughs> he supposedly has been working uh, with Malathat. <clears throat> now that she's got beat, I don't know if that's good or bad. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, she's—it's uh, it, a pretty decent field. And there's a couple other ones in there that that uh, you know allowance winners that that look like they might be okay. Later developing ones. And um, in general, the Curlin, I usually you know most years I'm like, why are they running this? shitty race that takes two con- you know decent horses out of the gym dandy but this year um it's it's a, it's not a bad race and uh the gym dandy itself looks like a pretty good race um central quality is supposed to make his his return in there uh that that'll be on uh, on Saturday um Saturday they also have the bowling green that's a good card uh, yeah, the Bowling Green's got our our last year sword winner. I think he won this race last year. Wait, who was that? I, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to start any controversy. <laughs> who was it? Who was that? I don't even remember. <sighs> Should have been United. That's United. what. As a matter of fact, I think last year's Eclipse Award winner on the turf won the um, won the Bowling Green. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's a channel maker. It's a great channel maker. Uh, Colonel the Lee. Immortal, the the Hall of Fame, won one race in in September. <laughs> Colonel Liam, whose whose star has kind of faded a little bit since his early season success, he's supposed. I to don't be think he's faded. I think he just he just needed a break. Arlo, who seems like he runs all the time, 
Uh, Rock Emperor might be in there. Channel Cat, your horse. Yes, my guy. Now that was that was a once in a lifetime thing. I don't think that horse is gonna run back to that race again. Yeah, I mean. Well, get grade seven up to the big time from the Derby win. Wayburn, who uh, you know, who, I like who, Wayburn. Ran, who, who ran really good in the uh, 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 the, the the fake Pegasus. Yeah, the... um, keep me in mind. Who will probably be fourth? <laughs> and uh, and risk taking reappears off of a poor showing in the Preakness. Uh, but it's a pretty decent race for you know. There's so many three year old races. It's just. It's tough because, uh, you know, it's like we talked about <clears throat> um, in the last week a little bit about the three-year-old fillies around two turns on the dirt, how there was six graded races in a 30-day or 32-day period or something like that. And it's just, is there really six fields full of graded state quality fillies to run in those races? <clears throat> um if you look at the the field for the Mammoth Oaks, which is uh, on Saturday, you would think no, there's <laughs> not a lot of you know, it's a lot of pretenders in there. Um, but I'd be honest, uh, the oh the the Amsterdam or not the Amsterdam, the Vanderbilt is uh, scheduled for Saturday. You got Strike Power, Lexingtonian, uh, Frenzy Fire, Chancet, Mischievous Alex, and Whitmore. So. That looks like a, a, a solid race if everybody yeah, shows race. up. Hopefully Lexitonian can get some revenge after that dirty beat at Churchill, man. That, that still was... haunts me. Still. Uh, the race I kind of like maybe looking forward to the most is the Amsterdam, which should have a pretty short field. But it, it's going to be a, um, a rematch of Jackie's Warrior and Drain the Clock. And they put on a, a good show and. The Woody Stevens on Belmont Day, uh, Jackie's Warrior broke a little tardily and, and wound up having to rush up and drain the clock. Took advantage of that, but uh... well, Carlo and uh, Nick Vaccarezzo set me straight on Jackie's Warrior, so we're good. We're good now. That's 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 their horse. That's they. Broke I know. <laughs> they let me know. <laughs> yeah. We're required to root for that horse. <clears throat> Otherwise, no chicken parm. I, t- I told him it was my fault that I should have known that. At the, the new Frank. We're speaking out of turn. The new Frankadinos, which supposedly is opening soon in Lexington. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we have some, some pretty good stakes this weekend. Uh, I mean, if everybody runs, of course. Um, I think out in California, they have um, the Clement Hirsch, which is a grade one. Uh, for Phillies, I, I don't know that uh, it's going to get a very big field. Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be a, a small field, as a matter of fact. As time goes by, she she dares the devil. I believe are the uh, the two headliners in there, but I, I don't know that for sure. Uh, the Bing Crosby will be run Saturday at Del Mar uh, Flagstaff and. CZ Rocket are gonna is gonna be in their collusion illusion. It'll be interesting with CZ Rocket because when Miller got the horse, claimed the horse, and, and the horse went on a streak, and of course everybody, you know, <clears throat> eyebrows are always raised with Mr. Miller. So his claim 
was that the horse was a bad bleeder and they had fixed it. And he kept him in Lasix races for the most part. On Lasix. So he will be off Lasix for the Ben Crosby. So it might be, a, he might be someone maybe you want to fade a little bit in there because he's not going to be much of a price. You know me. Well, I know you will, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't take much for you to want to fade. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah just uh you know that was that was his reasoning why this horse was uh you know successful now it might be partially true maybe it's all true i don't know but just uh yeah something to keep in the back of your mind after after you look at the pps um i said tomorrow we will be talking about uh the mom situation, and I have to admit that um, I'm kind of disgusted in a way. You um, have to. I mean, nobody it just has been handled so poorly, and and we all get that mamas didn't want this rule, the stewards didn't want the rule, no one wanted the rule. Okay, but. The way they've handled it makes me really wonder, like, uh, how we could have done this a lot better. Um, but I'll, I'll get, get into that tomorrow uh, a, a lot more, a lot more in depth. Um, it's, um, it's just as... Uh, <laughs> It's just a hell of a way to do business, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, that's a, that's a whole nother show in and of itself, but yeah. It's just mind-boggling how they had no plan. <laughs> no. Not, not a plan in place, nothing to be like, hey, what if this happens? What are we going to do? Yeah. And not only did no. it happen once, it happened twice. My biggest issue is that uh, you know you're 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 not giving people any parameters. You're, you're giving them a word, and who protects the betters in this situation? You know. Tomorrow we're also going to have a guy named Jeff Bessa on. Jeff um, is a, a former Navy man. He's a retired. Uh, he was in the, the tech industry. Um, and I don't know if anyone, you've seen him on Twitter. Of course, you haven't seen him on Twitter because you're banned from Twitter. But why are you uh, taking shots at your man? Chartinghorsevalue.com has been putting out some interesting, um, interesting sheets. Um, we're going to talk to him and 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 kind of kind of hear his story, how how he got into to racing and. Uh, you know uh, what, what goes into making his uh, his sheets because there's obviously a lot of mathematical evaluations um, <laughs> involved. Uh, so I really want to uh, I want to talk to him about you know how he like I said how how he got into racing how he decided to to 
take on this venture and uh, you know learn more about how you know where his numbers how they're derived and uh, <clears throat> you know, just kind of introduce people to you know, a new a new way of looking at things. I mean, and uh, never heard. It's interesting. Yeah, you know, I always say this because of uh, Brett Sumjo, but you never know where good information is going to come from. That's true. Can't can't dismiss any of it until you actually hear it. And even then, somebody has a different set of eyes to look at things a different way, especially in this game, you know. This is true. Yep, this is true. We were we were kind of moaning before that we have no basketball to watch. <clears throat> Ugh, don't remind. I did watch Slovenia destroy Argentina last Yeah, night. I was watching the replay. That was like a man against boys, man. That was kind of crazy. Luca, Luca has found his range. The stroke. Yeah, we got the draft on Thursday. Got a trade today. Grizzlies made a little trade there um, with the uh, the Pellies. Pellies finally got rid of Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, which was always a, kind of a strange signing to me. Why they? I, I never could figure out why they signed Stephen Adams. They had Zion Williamson. They kind of you know. Want those two guys crashing into each other or something will break, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you might see a lot of action. There's a lot of a lot of stuff floating out there. That stuff uh, next, next week we got the summer league, which is kind of crazy. Everything's condensed, and I mean, you had you had three guys in the Olympic team which lost the other day, and everybody freaked out. And it's like, how many times do they have to lose before people start to say, "Hey, the other teams are good too," and this right. team has had, you know, how many practice they've had together. The whole team? Two? Zero. Three no. of these guys who just got there. They just literally got Oh, there. yeah, because of COVIDness. Well, right? I don't know. They've, been, they've been playing in the freaking finals. Oh. <laughs> you know, Middleton that... and Booker and, and Jeru Holiday just got there. So they haven't they haven't had any practices with the other guys. And, you know, some of these other teams, and I know people, they just, they always want to go back to 1992, man. It ain't 1992. Go back to 1992 and look at horse racing and then look at what we have now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go back, go back and, and, and guess what? We'd have had racing today at Del Mar and Saratoga. Remember that Monday. Mondays? Remember Mondays? Yep. Yep. Only dark day was Tuesday. You get uh, inside racing. Yes, sir. No, it's uh, I, I, I don't know why people are so surprised, and it's not because they make a lot of money. It's not because of the oh, they don't try hard. I mean, come on, this is these are volunteers. Somebody got to say, oh, well, they're marketing. Oh yeah, buddy, they're marketing. Yeah, it's great. They played eight o'clock Sunday morning. Okay, <laughs> it's like to what to play three or four games. They play Iran the next game. You think you're gonna get a guy's? Uh, it's gonna get a big bump in his marketing from playing Iran. Oh, uh, he he want he he wanted to uh, appeal to the Persian uh, market. I mean, what? Come on, like just stop, just stop. Your takes are lazy, and you don't know what the hell you're looking at. The fact <laughs> of the matter is that this is not a great team. A lot of the best players aren't there, and. They made it in 2004 after they lost. 
when everybody looked and said, hey, we can't just roll the balls there anymore. We need guys to, some continuity. We need guys to play together somewhat. We need to have a program. And what happened? They, they, they won the next three Olympics. And now what has happened since then? The same old thing. No continuity. Nobody playing on the same team. The FIBA, the last year they had, the, they didn't have it last year. It got canceled. The, the FIBA you know, World Tournament. In 2019, U.S. came in seventh in that, that tournament. We can't just show up anymore. We need no. to have a team, not just seven, eight great guys, uh, a couple Keldon Johnsons, and, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. I mean, they literally didn't have a, a real point guard until Drew Holiday showed up because Dame Lillard is really a shooting guard. He's, he's not a t- really a, he's not a pass-first guy. And he shouldn't be. Why would you have that guy passing, right? Um, Bam Adebayo is the center, right? He's he's undersized. France was playing a seven-two guy, uh, Gasol, uh, <clears throat> uh, some other uh, Poirier who's six eleven, and, and Gobert who's seven foot. At the same time, you know, Popovich hasn't exactly uh, you know done a great job of 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 melding together a system, but. Again, three guys, three critical guys just got there. You know, we we can't just do a, a Marvin Barnes and show, show up and the game teams because before no, because <laughs> everybody's got NBA players now. Well, exactly, those, those guys aren't intimidated. Someone was saying, "Oh, I, uh, I said, I said Evan Fourier is going to make seventy-five million dollars. Nicholas Batum just just got through a hundred seventy-five million dollar contract." Yeah, slouch um, man. <laughs> Gold, Goldberg makes makes thirty eight million a year. I mean, these guys are like pros. They're all pros. It's just it's just the way it is. You know, it's just the way it is. But the summer league does start next week, so yeah, that's always interesting. I like seeing the new guys play um, to see how players adapt to. Um, the pace of the NBA game is, is different when you play at that level. I know when I was doing it, when I first made the jump, <laughs> it was like my head was spinning. It was so fast. People don't realize how fast things actually go. Um, and the pace of the game is different. You got to be in a different kind of shape. You know, guys that, that take to that very quickly usually do well. Um, and you don't see it often, but it's good to watch, you know, guys develop from out of that summer league into the, you know, the normal rotation. Like, uh, who was it last year? The guy that plays for the magic, um, point guard from UNC. Oh, Cole Anthony. Yes. He didn't really play all that well in the summer league. Yeah, I know played great in the summer league. Me, Kevin Knox. <laughs> yeah, he was a beast actually. I remember in in Vegas. Other, other than Zion stealing the ball from him and dunking on him, um, it didn't translate. I remember watching Donovan Mitchell in. You can ask Will <laughs> Hooks. I told Will Hooks, rookie of the year, Donovan Mitchell, and he got beat. I think in B or not B. Who did they make the year? He finished second, but. I watched a couple summer league games. I was like, this guy from Louisville's really 
why is you know <laughs> where did he come did from? This guy not get, <laughs> yeah, like how come he wasn't picked in the top five? Like, what you know, holy shit, this guy's really good. Um, but it's uh, listen, it's it's basketball and it's in the daytime. <laughs> it's not all day, so uh, so that's next week. Now that we have two dark days, Delmar three dark days. Oof. Colonial had a couple stakes today, but they they were they got, yeah they got washed out in the middle, right? Two two races. Yeah, yeah yep. A couple couple canceled because uh, a lot of states have rules that um, talk about the medication. Where if uh, a horse has gotten medication, they have to run within a certain amount of time. And I mean, I'll be honest, they'll probably get away with it. I mean, it's not like the state police are going to come arrest everybody because they ran five. <laughs> hey, listen, buddy. You know, you can't have the horses just stand around forever, too. I mean, that that's that's not fair to them to go up sure. there and you don't want people out in lightning. So it's, you know, at some point you can't, uh, you know, you just got to make the call. And that's what they did. But it's kind of nice to have, have those cards on Mondays and Tuesdays where it's not just the... Pretty good. It, you know, it's like a mix of a lot of different tracks come together. Yeah. Racing very good. Yeah, this year is kind of a perfect storm for them because they have extra money because they only ran five days last year. And there are no other days in Virginia, so, like, the money just accrued. And Churchill uh, closed. The backside is closed. And usually it stays open in the summertime, but everyone had to clear out. So that's why you've seen a lot more uh, Kentucky horses over there. And, of course, you're always going to see the, the Mid-Atlantic and the, the Maryland horses. And there's even been some some guys from Florida shipped up. Um, New York guys shows up there once in a while, too. So it's really interesting racing. I mean, it's mostly turf racing. And um, it, it hasn't been chalky for the most part. So Yeah, I got some vindication today on a horse I bet back in February at the uh, Sam F. Davis Eons. Yeah. Won. yeah, yeah. One today though, paid thirteen bucks. I was happy. There you, there you go. No, it's it's not a it's not a chalk fest, and that's uh, that's always nice. Unlike the lakes, I don't even look. My my dad likes to bet the finger lakes. I'm not. I oh my no god, idea. what's it with the with the finger lakes thing? I I can't do it. He likes the finger lakes. I guess this habit, you know, just being around and. Knowing that track is running, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, the one thing about it, it doesn't take long to handicap those races. No, it's like three horses. Usually, there's like six or seven horses in a race. Two are like complete throwouts. Two are like quick throwouts, and then you have like Engelhart, who's <laughs> like three to five. <laughs> but uh, sometimes you have to guess which which Engelhart's going to win. <laughs> The lakes. I think I have steak there. I think Rick Schausberg won a steak there today. A couple of those New York bread steaks. Was Raylu up there? I think Raylu was, yeah. I think Ray. Raylu's like the lost coat of jockeys. (laughs) 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 Joe Santos, who who looked like he he was an extra from Let It Ride when they interviewed him. Uh, TVG the other day. Saw that picture I put up on Facebook. Yeah, he, he did. He, look, he looked like he looked like the his dad liked that one. <sighs> yeah. 
that shirt and that hat. I mean, he, he literally looked like he just walked out of Let It Ride. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's got him going all the all, all the B tracks and the C tracks. And yeah, you had him in Saratoga the other day. He's all over the place, man. Money's money. That's what he'll tell you. Yep. Well, hopefully everything works out for my friend Mike Grizio. That really kind of hit me hard today, man. That's... Yeah, that, that's rough. I mean, I, I definitely can can relate in somewhat um, because I was almost in that situation. So it's it's not fun, and you know, prayers out to him and his family. Yeah, man, it's uh... it's tough. It's tough, especially when people are you know had some. Just I don't know, maybe the COVID thing, and then and so many people are there's so much negativity in the world, and just le- lately, just seems like there's so many people, um, like uh, that I know that uh, that have passed away um, from you know various things, and <clears throat> it just it's just uh, you know life's short, man. So sometimes we probably shouldn't spend so much time arguing about stupid bullshit on the internet. And uh, maybe spend a little more time actually, you know, doing stuff. Yeah, like going to the beach. Where your kid? <laughs> have to borrow someone's kid to go to the beach. You can borrow mine. She's she's willing, and as long as she has her uh, skull fire boogie board. Listen, she she was down here at the beach. She'd be wanting to go to Goldstream. Probably, you're right. Just say let's go to Derby Horse. That's that's her thing. Still hasn't caught on to the fact that it's named Gulfstream Park. She calls it Derby Horse. So I'll be honest, I kind of like Derby Horse better. <laughs> I'm gonna start telling people that. Where are you going? I'm going to go over Derby Horse for a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till wait till I bring her down to see the you know harness pumped to the pump. Yeah, to last. Yeah, I have a new. New appreciation. The countdown, the final season of the pump. Because she's used the eyeballs on her Nintendo Switch or tablet on Friday nights when I'm when I'm playing uh, the Meadowlands, so she doesn't really pay attention. Yeah, you got to come down for that. We'll get you. Into, oh, we'll get Gabe to get you in the starting car, and you get the whole tour. Absolutely. No, we're planning on it. Um, my wife is definitely excited about it, funny enough. Get, the, get your picture taken with Wally Hennessy. Well, this, this, is a, this is how insane things are in, in my house. So the TV is on a majority of the time on, on TVG or Fox Sports, depending on, you know, Saratoga and all that kind of stuff. Every single race that comes on and the horses go around, you know, go two turns. When they go around <laughs> the clubhouse turn, all I hear is horse butts. And it's either from my wife or my daughter. Horse butts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just thankful they're mildly engaged and don't mind me doing what I do. <laughs> Yeah. 
Hey, listen, man, that's a big. Racing's a commitment. It's a commitment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes you should be committed or following it. <laughs> yeah. Like the other day when I completely fumbled the Chad Brown 28 to 1 shot. Got a little yeah. something. Not what I should have. Yeah, that, that was kind of a. It was kind of a big overlay. I mean, horse had a good race too back then. Not to mention the time. It was Shug. Sometimes these Saratoga races, the big fields, you know, horses, they slip through the cracks. Doesn't happen to a lot of other tracks when there's a six or seven horse field and there's just literally no other options, you know? So No way you would have told me Saturday morning, that a Chad Brown Shug Exacto would have paid seven hundred thirty-three dollars for a buck. Uh, <laughs> that's true. This is true. Well, let's hope for some good weather and uh, good racing, and we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Absolutely. All right, Barry. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Going circles live tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll be talking about mammoth, among other things. We'll uh, we'll get the, we'll get at you next week. Thanks. <laughs>